Marcy Peugeot Motors, sponsors Offside Soccer on Community Radio Kilkenny City. The throw for Beatty. Maguire! Jim Cashin with Offside, sponsored by Morrissey Motors for Peugeot and the Washford Road. And Sean Maguire is the hero of the day and the hero of the run that brought them to the Aviva. Hello, good evening and welcome. It's Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock here on Commercial Kenny City. Time for our soccer show. I'm Beryl Scott. And I'm Jim Cashin. And please go with me now. And 7 o'clock will bring you all the news from the world of soccer. Jim. Yeah, and it's, one news. <laughs> it's been a fairly eventful uh, seven days since we were here last year. Um, I suppose there's no prizes for guessing what the main topic of conversation will be for the first 20 minutes or so anyway. But um, as always, we encourage your participation in the programme. We got a bombardment of text messages last Tuesday night and we do appreciate it. We don't always get around to reading them all out, but we do our best. Um, 086... 3537782 a little bit later on we'll be looking the Premier League is back this weekend some some very important games we'll be looking ahead at them and we'll be talking about one or two other tidbits like for example you know the, the news that Sergio Aguero is he the greatest foreign striker ever to play in the Premier League whatever if you think he is or if you think he isn't we'll, we might touch on that a little bit later on and maybe the possibility of Roy Keane and Nicky Butt maybe being the dream team to manage Celtic but <laughs> Liam Kelly O'Rourke James is on the phone how are you Liam? Evening Jim evening Burr I'm on a nice lovely walk at the moment so I'll be nice and soothing and calm to talk about this Irish team Yeah well sure look there's only one place to start just just while listeners are on and we're, as we speak the, the other two the other four teams in our group all play qualifying games tonight and at the moment it's in Azerbaijan Serbia are 1-0 up at half just at the start of the second half and surprise surprise the goal was scored by Alexander Mitrovic and surprise surprise there's an assist for Dusan Tadic so what we wouldn't give to have players of that quality in the in the attacking third of the field, Liam. Let's try and you know dissect it a little bit. You know, it's the cold light of day. You know, there was, you know, it was vehemently disappointing after Saturday. But we'll start with Wednesday night, and you know, we were beaten in Serbia, but there was green shoots. Um, you know, what was your overall assessment? Say, starting with the the Serbia game. Yeah, it's almost like talking about two different teams, Jim, because it's, it's very it's vastly different. Um. On last week against Serbia, I was really impressed, and I know, like if we had played the old, the style of old, and we dug out a nil-all draw, I would have thought to myself, "Look, it's a, uh, it's, 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 it's great to get a point away from home, but you know, nothing's really changed. Stephen Kenny is not putting a stamp on things, but that was far from the truth the other night. Really impressive. I think from one to eleven, they all played very, very well. Played." went in whatever about quality Jim they went with a different approach and it was positive the, the attitude was good they, they, we kind of all knew from minute one Serbia were more likely to win the game but that change was there yeah. but, uh, unfortunately the quality wasn't so coming off that game the other night I know we lost 3-2 I was really really positive and thought to myself we're not going to qualify for this World Cup I think that's a distant dream we touched on that on the programme last week but in the long term project I could see positive signs Bear sticking with the Serbia game last Wednesday night your overall you know feelings yeah. on how it went and well, look at the end at the end of the day the Serbia game was a decent game there yeah. were serious opposition we put up a decent show but it all came to nothing because of the result on Saturday night yeah. you know we yeah. did I agree with a lot of what Liam says that you know it looked promising enough we were, I, we were beaten by I thought three really expert goals that night 
you know, one touch, then the header down yeah. and your man finished it off with the left foot, then Mitrovic done yeah. twice with the one touch. Now, no, one was a header, but I still thought, you know, we didn't do too badly, but again, to just come back, I, I would have started a different look at the end of the day we were looking to qualify now I know Liam is talking about the future he might he has a bigger future than I have <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing about it is um, we're trying to qualify for a World Cup we're trying to get points here we're trying to scrape points wherever we can get them and I thought he's starting 11 that night I, I was a bit disappointed I thought he would have went for a bit more experience but anyway yeah. like I, I say it all fell down on Saturday yeah I, I have to say I was um you know, I was I I thought the 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 the, the switch into the three at the back worked well. I thought you know, you know we were competitive in midfield. Like we lack serious we lack seriously in the in the in the top third of the field. But we knew that before. We didn't have to go to Serbia last Wednesday night to find that out. I have to say, lads, you know, you know, the second goal. No, I I I I was very critical on on Saturday with Pat on 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 the Saturday sport, and like. You know, everyone was. I, I'm constantly hearing about the quality of Mitrovic's goal, and it was a, it was an excellent execution. Yeah. It was a brilliant execution, Liam. But if the goalkeeper was standing where he should have been standing, that ball is recycled back into play. Mitrovic looks up. There's nothing on. He passes the ball back across the field. There is no shot on goal. I think that goal and that goal was the real game changer. And and I think if I think if um what's the, if Randolph, Randolph is in goal, that goal is not scored because your man doesn't even take it on. Which or am I being really unfair on the goalkeeper? No, I agree. And like we we have to cut uh, him a bit of slack because he is an inexperienced goalkeeper, and we shouldn't be expecting too much. And those errors were always going to be, you know, they were always likely to happen. So, like. I agree with Bert to an extent in terms of it's a results business. He should have went with more experience. But the point is, I think if you take those moments of madness, for want of a better term, out of it, the back three had a very good game. The midfield had a very good game. We know what problems we have up front. But all in all, every position, I thought, whether you agreed with the personnel or not, they put in a very good 90-minute showing. And apart from, you know, two blunders, if you want to call them that, I don't think there was really many other instances where it looked edgy or it looked uh, it looked worrying so like you, you can't no matter how much planning and how much tactic uh, how much emphasis you put on tactical play or philosophies or whatever it might be you can't as a manager account for mistakes because they're just going to happen and especially when you have an you know third choice goalkeeper lining out no Keller and no Darren Randolph so it's yeah. unfortunate it's just the unfortunate um, place he found himself Kenny where he had to choose his third place goalkeeper and I suppose look at and, and, and the big thing lads look at you know say the mainstays and two the two real mainstays of the team over the last five or six seasons have been Shane Duffy who of course is the captain mm. or whatever and, and James McLean both of them were left out and on farm lads they were the right calls I mean on yeah. farm they oh, were yeah. the right calls I, I and in fairness I, to the I, manager yeah, he couldn't I, do anything else well, I thought I wouldn't have started McLean definitely no or no. I might have started Duffy I probably would have um, for two reasons one is that he's never let Ireland down in Irish jersey. But the other one, which was actually pointed out to me today, is that he's, one of, he's scored more goals than any of the lads we had. He might have got us a goal. Yeah, know? I think, Liam, I think I, my reasoning on it would be, my uh, my belief is that... Um, he he can't play in a back three. Is it that is is that unfair? And I just don't think he could play. I don't think he has the pace, and he definitely doesn't have the the range of of passing ability that 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 Kenny will look for from his back three to play out to whatever extent. I think just in the philosophy that he wants to play, Duffy doesn't fit into that. 
No, he can't play in a back three. And I think, for all the flack that Stephen Kenny has got for the team selection over the past 10 days, I don't think it's credible for a manager to pick players, no matter how experienced they are at international level, if they're not performing for their clubs. I just think, think it sends out all the wrong messages. And I agree with you in terms of the back three, but I think it's far more important that it sends a message down to the young players that if you play well for your club and you play well when you come to play for your country, you're in my 11. But poor performances means you don't play for this international side because like you can't, like if, if he had played Shane Duffy and James McLean like and they don't play badly he's going to get it in the neck ten times worse than he's got it now so I all in all I think yeah. it was the right decision yeah and, and look at that so whilst everyone was disappointed and the nation was disappointed after the Serbia game there was a lot of green shoots and there was you know and we all realised realistically Portugal are going to win the group and it was we at that stage it was a straight fight between ourselves and Serbia so we were all saying right right look at we're going to have to beat Serbia and Lansdowne Road it's as simple as that that's the way and we'll, we'll beat Luxembourg twice we'll beat Azerbaijan twice and we'll, we'll take it from there but lads the whole thing tur- turned a t- uh, turn turned sour, turn turn sour, sour on Saturday night because that was We've had a few moments, Macedonia and a few others down through the years, but in my opinion, this was the worst Irish performance of all time that I've ever seen. Lemar, is that is that been a bit <laughs> exaggerating? Well, my life is uh, far shorter than yours. Jim, Thank you very <laughs> much for reminding me of that, Liam. <laughs> no, but it was it was the worst that I can think of at the top of my head, and uh, like I said it on last week's program, and I don't like to be right. I didn't fancy us to pick up any points, and. Uh, I, the display we saw on Saturday night was the display I thought we'd see, well not quite as bad but a, a poor enough display I expected to see that in both games and what we got on Saturday night was just think of all the negative adjectives you can find in the dictionary and, and it fits the bill it was awful atrocious diabolical no effort like there was one or two very good moves it has to be said but other than that there was no creativity I thought it was very predictable where every ball was going you could almost pick out every pass that each individual player was going to make and Luxembourg they looked like the home team and like, like I thought throughout the first half Luxembourg looked at ease although we had our one or two incidents on the ball without creating anything in the second half like whatever about Luxembourg having periods and good periods it went from 5 minutes to 10 minutes to 15 to 20 minutes where we did not lay a glove on Luxembourg they were like the home side they looked very comfortable and um, it's just, uh, it, it, I, it, like for all the good work we've done against Serbia that's all gone now like yeah. we, that game might as well have not happened because what we've seen on Saturday night just takes all that away and uh, I think when the next FIFA rankings come out I think ourselves in Luxembourg, Luxembourg there might only be a place or two between us it was really really that bad Bear, you know bad and all as it would have been right bad and all as it would have been is if we went out there and we kicked them off the pitch and we hit the post and hit the crossbar and we were done out of two penalties and the referee was blind and the whole lot and we walked off the pitch with nil nil and said jeez lads we've done everything bar win that game but unfortunately that wasn't the case no, we right. were made we were they were a better side than us and that is the real real worry isn't it that's true i mean i, I was reading leading up to that game on saturday night that this luxembourg team had improved greatly and that there would be a threat I still thought you know after the display against Serbia I said well wherever they are we should be able to take them yeah. the fact that we didn't yeah. bitterly disappointed you know and I look I at the beginning I didn't think Stephen Kenny was right for the job uh, I wished him well and I hoped he would make a success of it but I still think on Saturday night in particular he looked like a fish out of water after the break we'll, we'll go to the break in a couple of minutes and we'll talk about the future of Stephen Kenny and what we think might happen Liam but just on this I suppose positives 
I definitely think young Bakuna has gone ahead of Travers um, as third choice and, 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 and we'll end up probably in a couple of years time in a straight fight with Cuevin Kelleher as our number one goalkeeper depending on which one of them progresses to play more first team football for whatever club they're with after that in my opinion the only Ireland man that can hold his head up after the two games our best player by a mile was Seamus Coleman oh, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and or am I around there no I'm looking at the team lads and I'm going from 1 to 11 and the squad as well and I'm I just can't honestly hand on heart say any of them fill me with any optimism whatsoever maybe Alan Brown showed signs in the first game I was very happy with him other than that no I, I, I'm sorry long term we'll get the you'll get the Serbia type of games every now and again where we put in a really good 90 minutes and perhaps get the look at the green and get a point but long term in terms of consistency and that's what we need we're not going to get it and just a point on the Luxembourg game I think all the criticism that we're going on about here and other media outlets have come out with over the past couple of days has been dead on but lads is it really that much of a surprise like, like we fancied ourselves to get something from the game true but is it really that big of a shock? Because listen to some of the media, it's where we were Brazil. <laughs> we're, we're a very poor side. I can't understand. I expected us to get a point. And like, we're slightly better than Luxembourg. But I can't understand the sudden shock after it. I mean, is anyone watching the championship or our players in the lower regions of the Premier League? They're really poor. I think they're really poor. I think they're just trying to be kind to Stephen Kenny. Well, yeah, well, I mean, and look, we'll come to that after the break. Just one quick point, and I think, Liam, to back you up, I think if you looked, and, and anybody that, that, that looks at prices or looks at betting, we were 7-4 to four on on Saturday evening to win at home to Luxembourg. Ten years ago, we'd have been 20-1 to one on. Exactly. And that's and I think that's said an awful lot. Oh, when I saw we, that's what the, That was how the bookies rated us. They only rated us 7-4 to four on to win at home to Luxembourg. And I think that, that was a real indication of what, what people thought. They wanted lads to have a few. Oh, yeah, they wanted <laughs> this. Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what do we think the immediate future brings and so on and so forth after the break. Just once more, the text number is 86 and they're coming they're in thick and fast. Oh, he's done it! Jim Cashin with offside. Sean McGuire gets the goal! Morrissey Peugeot Motors sponsors Offside Soccer on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Now you're welcome back. You're listening to Offside here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Jim, it's 21 minutes past six. Yeah, and, and lads, look at, you know, the the hysteria, shall we say, over the, of, in the media over the last 48 hours or so. And, you know, everyone, I, I suppose Kenny himself probably thought he must have been un, going to be under pressure. But I suppose in, in, the, in the cold light of day and when realism sets in, you know, we're two, game, two games down. We're not, we have no chance of qualifying now, Call of Spades a bit. Although Azerbaijan have equalised against Serbia, so that's, in one way, that's a good result or a good scoreline. And in another way, it tells us if Azerbaijan can be one all with Serbia and only lose 1 0 against Portugal, the chances of us getting six points against them are fairly slim. But anyway, Liam, you know, Call of Spades a Spade, the FAI are broke. Right, yeah. um, we're not going to. Even if we got rid of Stephen Kenny in the morning and tried to attract a big name, the money's not there for it. B, who in the right mind would take the job, lads? We're two games into the World Cup qualifying campaign. We're as good as out of it. That would deem the next six games more or less meaningless. Yeah. And whoever comes in, then his name is going to be against at the end. Ireland haven't qualified for the World Cup, so the FAI came out. They backed Kenny. 
you know, and they've publicly done that. I don't think they have a choice. They're going to stick with him. Hope that he can maybe develop one or two young players because realistically, Liam, they have no choice but to do that. No, they don't. And like, it's, it's a, like I think the biggest obstacle to Stephen Keddy is not the FAI, it's the public. Because the FAI are not going to sack him today or tomorrow. No matter what the result is tonight or in the qualifiers in a couple of months, Stephen Kenny will be still in that job. But if they lose tonight, you should forget about this long-term vision or people can see it because, I mean, long-term visions are for board members and those within footballing authorities. Your, your average Joe Soap on the street doesn't give two hoots about it. And he's not seeing seen progress on the field if we, if we uh, lose tonight and we picked up nothing against Luxembourg. So the biggest judge in, in Stephen Kenny's future will be the public. And although he won't lose his job in the next couple of months, if we start the next phase of this qualifying series with a, a, a poor record, like he might as well be sacked because people will lose interest, people will just they'll, they'll cast their own assertions and it will be bye-bye Kenny eventually. Yeah, but and I think now, who takes the job? I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, look at them. There's no point in even talking about that at the moment because there's no job at the moment. Just for listeners, we are playing Qatar in a friendly tonight in in, in a game that, shall we say, struggles to generate much enthusiasm. Um, God only knows what kind of a team we'll have out. But Bear, you know, I think th- th- there's a commercial side of this too from an FAA point of view. You know, we have some big games coming up. Well, there would have been big games, like we're, we're away to Portugal. But we, we have, for example, Portugal and Serbia both coming to Lansdowne Road over the next 12 months or so. You know, all going well, we would expect that by the time those games are played, you know, crowds of some level would be back into matches. The FAI will have some job selling oh, these matches to the public the with the prices yeah. they'll be charging. Yeah, and especially, you know, if it keeps getting worse instead of better, you yeah. know. And, you know, you'd be hoping that we'd unearth a few lads somewhere. I was just watching the Jack Charlton thing the other night on television, but yeah. there was a, they were going back to what the way things were, and there was a little snippet in it where a young fella, a young chap, was asking Jack, why are we kind of so good, or what's the secret? Mm-hmm. And Jack said three things. We prepare well, we work hard, he said, and we have good players. Yeah. And I thought that was, you know, you know good I, players. I, I mean, I'm not knocking the lads out there, they do their best, but we need a few, we need a few lads like Seamus Coleman that yeah. have that sort of an aura about them. And I think, Liam, you know, whilst it's grand in theory to be bringing through the young lads and we all, you know, I think it there's a bigger picture here, lads, over the last, like the quality of young players coming through is poor. The opportunities for young players are nowhere near what they were back in the day. Like yeah. we used to have players playing for Liverpool. They were we had boatloads going over every year to yeah. Yeah, and, and but when we were putting internationals on the pitch, they were playing for Liverpool and Manchester United and Arsenal and Tottenham and all these teams. Yeah. Like the day, those days are gone, lads. Well, the, the other thing about that that I would like to say is that these lads that were, that were going over, the Paul McGraths and the Johnny Giles before that, and you know Ronnie Wheel and all these lads. They had very little coaching. They done their own coaching. They learned the game on the streets. And Eamon Dunphy and Jay often refer to that. But, you know, the likes of Georgie Best, he played the game on the streets. I think coaching is overrated myself. I think talent is what you want. And coaching won't produce talent. It'll produce organisation and you know how to defend and things like that and where you run when you haven't the ball and all this type of stuff. But 
We need somebody with talent. Now, somebody that can take on the defence. Yeah, and, and, and look at, the, you know, there's another, there's an hour, there's a full programme in that there. And I guarantee, I know lads that are listening now that I'd love to get involved in that discussion. And, and we will have it. But um, realistically, Liam, you know, the quality is not there. And I mean, the FAI need, we need a long-term plan now. There should have been a long-term plan done. Like when, when that good, when that team with Duff and, and, and Keane and Richard Dunn and all them boys were really in their pump, we should have been backing that up with really, really good systems for young lads coming up behind coming up behind I read a very interesting fact in, in there's something like only two senior internationals born in Dublin between the on the panel between the age of 21 and 26 or something like some crazy yeah, stat yeah. like you know what I mean that we just are not producing and that has to boil like I mean if the Kilkenny hurling team is struggling everyone is questioning right, what's happening with the development squads what's happening where's the young lads where's the nurseries where's all the talent same, same. The, it's the same principle yeah. here Liam isn't it I mean and there has to be questions asked right down into the grassroots but yeah, but there's two sides to this, Jim. And like uh, being on the outside, I wouldn't know much about the FAI structurally. But you don't have to be a genius to work out it's all wrong. And the reason it's wrong is not because the coaches are bad. Oh no, a coach, and coaches. there's some very good coaches. To trust me, I know that. Yeah, very much so. And there's none of them getting paid while Robbie Keane is getting paid for doing nothing. I can tell you that much. <laughs> you know, I, I would like to say, you know, we had that, but. It's not Rob, Robbie Keane's I agree. decision. I agree. You know, but I, I just it it, it yeah. it's 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 a it's, it's a, a hangover from yeah. from the rotten things that were going but, on in the FBI. But the thing about it as well is Robbie Keane will be there tomorrow. He'd be there yesterday if he was asked. Yeah. But he hasn't been asked. Yeah. The other thing, Duff and Alan Kelly. Yeah. Is another thing. I think. I think that the fact that Duff and Alan Kenny um, pulled away from the squad so close to the beginning of the World Cup campaign, and all this talk about blaming on that leaks for when that video was played purging the game, I think is bull. I think that kind of says that somewhere behind the scenes, Liam all is not well. No, it's not. Look, and, and coaches of that calibre, or certainly from their footballing calibre, I predict to be good coaches as well. Don't leave for no reason. But as I was saying, it's. If you have a top-class chef and the kitchen is dysfunctional, he's not going to be operate properly. It's the, <laughs> same, with coaches. <laughs> it's the same with coaches. I mean, the FAI structure is all over the place and it's been ironed in the public for the past number of years now and it's been well-documented. So we're not giving our coaches the best chances and that leads down to the players. And the other point is, we all... Sometimes I think in this country we get carried away and we forget what we are. We're a country with four and a half million people like GA is the dominant sport and you have other competing sports like rugby we're not we're going to produce golden teams every now and again like the Kilkenny hurlers I mean Kilkenny is going through a transitional period Ireland is going through that sim- a similar transitional period albeit when we do reach our golden age quote unquote, it will be qualifying for a major tournament and maybe getting out of the group and I think among the general public we forget how small a nation we are and what's realistic where we are now is a slump compared to where we should be but if we get the structures right, give the coaches the opportunity, develop the talent and a little bit of luck uh, besides, we might be able to qualify for tournaments uh, more frequently than we are. Not to say we should be expecting to qualify for every tournament. No, well, I think that's a that's a fair point. And look at that, we could we could we have, we have about five hours worth of a program here with all the different bits and pieces. All we're trying to do is get a brief synopsis. Bear, what's the text machine telling well, us? The text, you know, the people have their own views about this. Some people are blaming it on John Delaney again. Yeah. The, then we're. There's a few mentions about the goalkeeping performance against Serbia the other night, but we've kind of passed on that. Then there's a few other... Look, I just have to mention that um, there's one text there just came in 
to congratulate former Evergreen player Mark Power on being yeah, selected. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned that to me coming over. Yeah, yeah. Right? First kick, any man to play. He's been selected on the Walker oh, Cup oh, squad, and you know, you know, Mark. Anyway, that's that's a that's a discussion for a different day. Um, but I suppose, lads. I suppose, look at, you know, the short term future is we're not going to be qualifying for these competitions. No. So we need to put the system in place that in, in eight, ten years' time, Liam, that we have another golden age of Damien Duffs and Robbie Keynes and Richard Dunns and so on and so forth coming through. Because if we don't sow the seeds now, there's not going to be air a ripe uh, thing in the field in ten years' time. No, and it, look, it comes back to structure and it won't be done overnight. It'll come down to coaches and players being given the conditions to work in that are appropriate that gives them the best opportunity and with that in time we should see improvement relative to what we have but at the moment the FAI is look, yeah. just reading and, and seeing what's coming out in the media the, the FAI is a mess from top to bottom and as I said how can you expect anyone to fulfil their potential in that kind of an organisation and the, the worst thing about it is I think the country would back an Irish team that played like Serbia more times than not and put in a, a great effort and, you know, we knew that we were given everything we had resource-wise and on the pitch. At the moment, you can't really say that hand on heart that, we, that we're able to produce the best of what we have. And that's always disappointing, no matter what part of life you're in. Yeah, and I think, it's, I think we have an interesting yeah, I, few years ahead, Bear. I just think that we need to produce a world-class forward or yeah. midfielder. Yeah. I, we have decent defenders. You know, I, I thought the boys were okay the other night yeah. now. Even, you know, like I said... Overall, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but we, need, we need a lad in the middle of the field. We need a lad that when he gets on the ball, the other teams start to worry. And, and the other thing I think that needs to be mentioned before we go to the break, and we leave the international scene at that then... I think we need to start exploring the granny rule again as well, lads. You know, like, so, you know, I, I, I have no fear. That, like, these guys, there, there has to be players out there, you know, in the John Aldridge, Ray Houghton mould. Not, I'm not saying as good as those, but, in the, you know, as, you know, entitled to play for Ireland. We need to go rooting them out again. I know we, 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 our fingers were burnt by Patrick Bamford and Declan Rice and Jack Grealish, and that's fine, right? But we have to keep trying, lads. You know, like, these guys are, are, are entitled to play for Ireland. They must be out there, and we should be turning over more stones to look for these guys. You know, like, you know, lads, I, I often heard, you know, Ray Houghton was an Irishman and John Aldridge was an, wasn't an Irishman. Them boys gave their all. They were as much an Irishman as, as any of the boys that played beside them, and they were proud of their Irish heritage and their Irish roots, and there has to be more lads out there, Liam, like that. We have to, I think we need to go back into that pool of players without a doubt like we need to honour talent because as I said the country is too small and I don't think that's doing a disservice to the homegrown players absolutely not given, no because no, they'll be given the same opportunity yeah. it's just about uh, widening the field a bit and like what needs to happen is every granny grandfather great grandfather that you can locate from all four corners <laughs> of the world need to be located and like that's stage one but stage two is you know meeting them finding out what they know about the country kind of their interest in the country and are they willing to put the work in because if they meet the criteria and they're willing to put the work in hunky dory but there's no point we talk about it with Premier League clubs the whole time there's no point having a Jack Grealish or a Declan Rice if they're going to just uh, be toxic in the dressing room that's no good to anyone no, you'd, really, you'd nearly rather the average player so. oh no well, whoever comes they have to want to come before Very we go to the break lads there's one other thing on international football and we, it's just so much but um, I have to say right and this is this is meant with to, and anyone any English people that we have listen you know I, this is not disrespectful to anyone they got Albania <laughs> Andorra and San Marino. San Marino in the one group 
right and then the only team in the group capable yeah. of giving them a game they're playing tomorrow night without their best player Lewandowski I mean in all fairness lads, if that's not luck I don't know what it is England are going out to play. Poland without Lewandowski sure like I mean sure they might as well not even turn up <laughs> Know, Jim, that's what happens when you're top seeds. Yeah, well, yeah, but Liam, there's top seeds and there's top seeds. Like, in all fairness, <laughs> I, oh, I didn't know some of those countries played football. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine getting, imagine looking at the paper and saying Albania are in our group. And wait, lads, there's two teams worse than Albania. Go away to hell. Go to an ad break there for God's sake. Jim Cashin with Offside with Burr Scott and many special guests from the world of soccer. Fifteen seconds into the. Marzimotors.ie Sponsors Offside Soccer on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Now you're welcome back. It's uh, 23 minutes before 7, Jim. Yeah, and there's some real interesting texts coming in, but I think we've we've touched on most of the issues that are being, are being brought up on the text machine, but keep them coming, 0863537782. Liam, last two weeks between FA Cup and International, there's been no Premier League, so the Premier League is back this weekend, and Barry, you'd, you'd miss it even for oh, the couple yeah, of weeks when yeah, I wasn't away. Um, some really interesting games, Liam, we'll, we'll shoot through them quickly, four on Saturday, of course Easter this weekend, but there's not, traditionally there used to be two rounds of fixtures at Easter, there used to be a, a Good yeah. Friday and an Easter Monday, um, but this, this time around there's only the one fixture spread out over the weekend in the Premier League, starting on Saturday, half past 12, Chelsea at home to West Brom, very straightforward victory for Chelsea, I'm sure. You would think so in their current form, they should just they should have yeah. too much for West Brom unfortunately, and the yeah, home win. Yeah, West Brom are doing better, Chelsea win ah, we won't yeah, waste any time on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 3 o'clock game on Saturday um, again, you know it, it looks like, well, Sheffield United are doomed, I think the whole heart and soul has fallen out of Sheffield United with what after happening with Chris Wilder. They go to Ellen Road, uh, Serbia, after scoring again against Azerbaijan, 2-1 to Serbia. Back to the Premier League, Ellen Road, Leeds United, at home to Sheffield United uh, Yorkshire Derby, on all norm form, Leeds have to win this league. Um, yeah, you would think so. I mean, Sheffield United, we touched on previous programs, are deflated. They're not really, um, you know, they're not really with it anymore. They know they're consigned to the championship now. Leeds, on the other hand, will sense that. They have the quality up front to carve Sheffield United apart. So you'd imagine Leeds will they'll yeah. beat a deflated Sheffield United. Not the Sheffield United we know. Alexander Mitrovic, surprise, surprise, has scored again the second goal for Serbia. Look at that's the difference of having a quality. Anyway, back to where we were. Bear, can you, Leeds United surely beat Sheffield United on Saturday? Oh, I think so, yeah. OK, but we have two very good games later on Saturday. Starting at half past five, Leicester City at home to Manchester City. You know, City have been, you know, beaten all before them. And it's looking like it's only a matter of time before they mathematically claim the title but um, they'll get pucks of it away to Man City at the weekend and, and maybe maybe might struggle after the internet they will have had players in every you know in a, all over Europe of course the, the South American players weren't away um, you know this could be a tough game for Man City and maybe an opportunity for the, them to drop points yeah it's it's one that they would have highlighted and seen as a potential danger Jim uh, it's very hard to know at all coming back from an international break how will all their players be in full fettle from both sides um, it's very difficult Leicester will certainly give them a game uh, I, I could see this one playing out as a draw I, I just think Leicester have too much quality to be, to be pushed around by City Yeah, What do you think Barr? Yeah I, I, I just feel you know the, the, it wouldn't surprise me if Leicester won it because you know they're on a bit of a roll they're, they definitely have put last year's you know the way they finished up they put that way behind them and they're playing as well as anyone at present. 
and I said a full of confidence it'd be a good game now again a draw would look the most likely but it wouldn't surprise me to see Leicester win quickly we'll break in the Ireland team for tonight Gavin Bazuna uh, Seamus Coleman Shane Duffy I'm just going to call them out numerically you can try and figure it out yourselves Shane Duffy Darren Horgan Robbie Brady James McLean Jeff Hendrick Jason Malumby Shane Long Dara O'Shea and Cyrus Christie looks like um, looks like a 4-4-2 four, four, to me I'd imagine Coleman right back maybe Christie left back Duffy and O'Shea in the middle of the park maybe Horgan on the right uh, Robbie Brady on the left McLean Hendrick uh, look at that's the 11 anyway that's best to look of working that out Liam um, on then to the last game on Saturday and uh, an interesting game um, Liverpool travel to the Emirates and Liverpool's hopes of getting into the top four are still not dead in the water Liam but they will be if they don't win this will they? Uh, well yeah well I, I think personally they'll have to qualify for the Champions League through Europe Um Oh, it's it's one that would um, I would I wouldn't have any great confidence going into as a Liverpool supporter. As bad as you know, I've highlighted on no, on a number of occasions my problems with Arteta being in the Arsenal job, and we all know their problems and their inconsistencies. But this is the type of game where they can raise their game for Liverpool coming to town. Like Liverpool are there to be got at. They're by no means strong defensively. Arsenal, although. They maybe are not as posted in front of goal as they normally would be in previous seasons. They still have that threat there, and uh, they still play. I still think they're the Arsenal of old in the sense that their their style and the way they approach the games isn't that all isn't all that different. So, with that in mind, I would be very. Um, I would. I, I find it very hard to see past an Arsenal win, to be honest. But there'll be goals on both sides. I think. What do you think, Barry Arsenal Liverpool? Well, the best display of Liverpool gave this year was the the match they played against yeah. Arsenal. Yeah earlier on that was a wonderful game and Liverpool that night to me they looked unbeatable they looked like a team that would again sweep the league but th- from that point on they've been going down yeah. but you know what Arsenal brings the best out of Liverpool a, a draw I'd go for yeah I think Liverpool will win I think Josh back now we had a few games under his belt scored for his country the other night and I think he could have a big part to play in the last third of the season for Liverpool I fancy Liverpool to win that on to the four games on Sunday beginning at 12 o'clock with you know the dictionary definition of a meaningless game that I think this is going to be a this is a nailed uncertainty to be a draw Southampton at home to Burnley Liam yeah uh, Boarfest comes to mind straight away um, yeah I think both sides can just cancel each other out to be honest yeah. I, I think Burnley although maybe they're not fully out of danger I don't see him going down Southampton have nothing to play for it's, uh, they'll probably have eyes on the FA Cup as well so I just yeah. think both sides will go into this with uh, kind of you're a great caution man. to the you're wind you're a great man for the draws Bear. Yeah. that, that <laughs> has draw written all over and, at Southampton and, and it's the shortest price to be a draw ah well there you are look at um, the second game on Sunday Newcastle you know it's a straight fight between Newcastle and Fulham um, they're in a horrendous run of form they're at home to Spurs Spurs are you know Spurs are Spurs notoriously flaky um, still in with an outside chance of the top four um, it's hard to see where Newcastle will work up the spirit at this stage, you know, especially against the quality that Spurs are likely to bring to the table, Liam. Yeah, well, I think that says it all about Newcastle. If you can't work up the spirit to play in a crucial game in a relegation battle, I think that says it all about your character. But um, if, I was, if I was Newcastle now and all the begrudgers and all the criticisms that they're receiving over the past couple of weeks, I'd be saying, let's prove them wrong. Because Spurs, like, they've shown superb quality over the past couple of weeks and you know Son, Kane and Bale are capable of beating Newcastle on their own but they're also very spursy and that's the term they're very familiar with over the past decade and more 
they, there's no consistency there. They have the capability of imploding. They, they lack that spine. And I know that might sound too simplistic, but we've seen it time and time again that when Spurs are put to the wall, that they crumble. So if Newcastle come out and hold Spurs to account in the first 10 minutes and show that they're up for the fight, you'd give them a chance of nicking a 1 0, but I don't think that'll happen. Do you give Newcastle any chance, Burr? I would, because look, Spurs are, are a few weeks back, they looked nailed on for the top four. Yeah. But then again, Mourinho started his own Team selection. Started. And the thing, no, I don't think there's, I think there's very little spirit in Spurs at the moment. And I think Mourinho is actually destroying the spirit. But if, as Liam says, if Newcastle could just get in there and make it a dogfight yeah. they might get something out yeah it's, it's very interesting with Newcastle and I mean you know it's going to be a fight to the wire with Fulham and of course as we've said a few times before they play one another in the last game of the season you know maybe the fact that there's no fans allowed in ultimately might aid Newcastle because the the, the the atmosphere can be very toxic in James's Park when things are not going well for him on the pitch and maybe they might just scrape together enough points to, 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 to finish ahead of Fulham but um if they, if, like if Spurs turn up in any kind of in any kind of form at all, Spurs have to win that game. Um, the half past four game on Sunday, lads, is very very interesting. Aston Villa, who have been a, f- a shadow of themselves in the last five or six weeks, but of course that coincides with Jack Grealish being out injured. Jack Grealish is back. Fulham fighting for their lives at the bottom, and this has the makings of a really really good interesting game on Sunday afternoon. Lean. Yeah, it does. I think Fulham will certainly target it. They'll there's nothing about Aston Villa that they would have feared over the past couple of weeks Villa have lost their tallies man and like they look like a completely different team without Jack Grealish I mean they're lacking that spark you he's, know, he's back by all accounts this weekend yeah. now so well, he, yeah well that's good from their point of view but did you imagine like as good as he is he'll need a game or two just to get back to the levels yeah, he's fair point. Himself. fair point but uh Oh, Fulham, Fulham have, I said to you plenty of times before Fulham have enough attacking quality and are solid enough at the back to be a mid-table team if they had played like they have for the past couple of months since the start of the season so with that in mind it's a game that could go either way and I wouldn't write off Fulham whatsoever I think Mitrovic who hasn't been getting as much game time as, as, as you would imagine uh, for Fulham I think he's going to come back from this international break on you know in re- his confidence his gander is going to be up and he might he may well be the difference between now and the end of the season for Fulham and he might just score the goals that, that keeps him up um, I think I think Fulham and Aston Villa I, I, I can see Fulham not losing this game and I, I, I you know and if Grealish is not back to his to his peak powers shall we say I can see Fulham winning the game very interesting game brings us on to the 8th game of the weekend it's the last game on Sunday half past 7 Sunday night the wonderfully inconsistent <laughs> Manchester United play the equally wonderfully inconsistent <laughs> Brighton and Hove Albion so fair play to the man that predicts what's going to happen here Liam yeah it's, I think it's one to avoid to be honest I can't see it being a great game um, I think look I know we all we, we know what team Brighton or what kind of team Brighton are but I, I don't think I don't think they'll be able to cut Manchester United apart like they would other sides and obviously we know their problems in front of goal as well so I don't think they'll offer much and I think United will be their usual selves when a team like Brighton come to town they'll they'll play in their usual style their usual system they'll struggle to break Brighton down they'll get a set piece a corner a free kick whatever it might be and they'll nick a 1-0 and they'll say happy days and take the three points I, I don't think we'll see vintage United on Sunday night Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think there's, there is a vintage United at the moment Lee or Burr what do you think? Uh, I think it could be a 1-0 job I that, think I think uh, yeah, it might go either way Yeah, you know I, I just you know again I know and I'm meeting lads on the streets so Jason will you give United a break and give Fernandez 
a break and look at I'm not you know Fernandez has been United's best player I, I think the fact that he's favoured to win the players player of the year over there I think that's ridiculous but he may well get it it hasn't been an outstanding you know the resident maybe isn't a real outstanding yeah. candidate we actually had a text about him to know would he make a difference for Ireland ah but sure Lionel Messi wouldn't make a difference for Ireland because we, <laughs> he'd have to get the ball in a decent area for us but um, you know I, I have been getting criticism for being hard on Man United I just think that you know they are they're, they're getting an awful lot of cute, you know credit that they don't deserve but I, I, I do think that they might scrape to a 1-0 win and I think they will probably end up coming second in the league which probably says as much about the the quality of the league as it says about anything else but maybe United to scrape at 1-0 two games on uh, on Monday Liam um, Everton at home to Crystal Palace Everton you know have flattered to deceive I suppose is the best way to put it uh, capable of beating anyone on their day and then capable of being atrocious and this is another one to avoid isn't it? Yeah Everton are probably one of the most inconsistent sides in the Premier League and you know it's one team where I wouldn't go too hard on them because of that because you can see like we'll say Carlo Ancelotti has three quarters of the puzzle together and he just needs to have one or two more players in certain positions and Everton will be a really really good side and you know when you're lacking positions in certain areas there's going to be weekends against sides that you're expected to beat that you won't so to be safe you'd probably say a draw but I think Everton are one to watch come the start of next season I just like the direction they're going but as for this season they're going to be brilliant one weekend and uh Awful the next for the last couple of rounds. You have an Everton fan in the house, Bear, so you yeah, have a. Yeah, I, I, what's well, what's your opinion of it overall? Well, he, he thinks they'll win next week but for the simple reason Crystal Palace are safe and have more or yeah. less nothing to play for, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, again, Liam is on. I think Everton are on the right track. They're yeah. not there yet, but they're heading in the right direction. If they can bring in another one, two, or three of the right type players to come in. Well, I'm sure Ancelotti, I mean, and, oh, and yeah. like Ancelotti has been a success, lads, everywhere he went. Yeah. And he definitely has improved Everton. Now, they, they oh, still, they're one. still suffering with that, you know, the inconsistency, but they're definitely a better type of player and a better style of play at Everton. And, and two or three more signings, Liam, and I'd be inclined to agree with you that they could be a force next season under, under Ancelotti. That brings us to the last game of the season, of, of the weekend, eight o'clock or quarter past eight Monday night. West Ham, still in, you know, still in contention for the top four. Everyone is waiting for him to die away. Now, they threw away a 3-0 lead the last day against Arsenal, which was, you know, detrimental potentially. They go to Wolves. Another Wolves are another team very much languishing in mid-table that have very little to play for. Um, West Ham really need to win this if they have any chance, Liam. Yeah, it's like I personally don't think they'll, they'll quite cut it when it comes to top four. But you'd imagine against a team like Wolves, we talk about teams that are, you know, on their summer holidays. I think Wolves are on their summer holidays and, you know, they'll be a bit disappointed come the end of the season. Uh, it's a tough one because it depends, like, if, if Wolves are negative and they make themselves hard to beat, West Ham might struggle to break them down despite all the quality players they have. But I, I suspect, like, you, we talk about West Ham's top players this season. I mean, Shushek has been probably the find of the yeah, season. Absolutely. If he gets his head on a set piece or something, he's very hard to stop. And he's a really good player. I think a player also from West Ham that doesn't get enough credit is Aaron Cresswell. I mean, he, he pings in a ball better than most. And, you know, when you have someone like Shushek and you have someone like Aaron Cresswell on the wing, you know, you, you have the potential to beat anybody, even if you're not playing well. And, you know, a side like West Ham, you can't rely on them to play well every weekend. So when you have that... And, you know, we, we know what job David Moyes has done. So when you have that, keep that in mind. I think West Ham will win the game. They'll probably get Europa League. And uh, come next season, we'll see can they maintain these high standards. Bear, 
West uh, Ham to win away yeah, towards? I think so, yeah. And look, sir, if Guardiola wasn't there, I think it would be a straight fight with Moyes and uh, Brendan Rodgers for the manager. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be inclined to agree. And I think uh, the one thing I'd like to say about the likes of this Thomas Suchek who has come from Slavia Prague or Sparta yeah. Prague or one of them and indeed that's with Leicester and one or two others. You know, they're going to end, one of the big clubs now is going to end up paying, you know, 60, 70 million, 80 million for one of these lads. And I think it's about time some of the big clubs actually found these lads first. What do you think, Liam? You know, rather than, like, the scouting system, I understand that when you're not and Liverpool and all these come comment calling that adds an extra adds an extra ten million maybe, but it's about time some of these big clubs discover these players before they end up at the Southamptons and the Leicesters and the West Ham's of this world, isn't it? Yeah, you, would, you, you would think they should because the academy structures at the likes of United, City, even Liverpool and Arsenal are top notch, and they're supposed to be producing all these players. So you would imagine they more young players should be coming to the fold, and you know maybe not quite coming into the first eleven for those clubs. But you know that middle tier Premier, those middle tier Premier League sites, they should be making a breakthrough there. But it is a risky business, Jim, because like we lord these players, but they're top players for these clubs because not only are they very good players, but they fit the system as well. Like how often have we seen yeah. players like I don't know Stuart Downing go to Liverpool, Andy Carroll, just to name two, Fellaini to United, yeah, yeah. Van, very B. Good. Van B, yeah, 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 you know, very much so, very good for their side, but they don't, they're not able to adapt to a, a bigger team's way of playing. So it's a very, very risky business looking at these players play well for West Ham and say, oh, he could play for United, he could play for Chelsea. You, you have to do a bit more investigation than that. But on the, on just based on what they're doing for their, their clubs, they're great players, and you would wonder why. Uh, the other big clubs aren't producing the same type of quality. The leading foreign scorer in Premier League history and the leading goal scorer in Manchester City's history. Um, you know, Sergio Aguero's deal has not been renewed at Man City. I don't think it's a huge surprise, but he has been, you know, he has defined Manchester City's resurgence over the last 10 years. He's been knee deep in everything, hasn't he, Lee? And he's been a wonderful player for Manchester City. Oh, he has, and like. Despite all the injuries he's picked up, and he's picked up quite a few over the years, he's always bounced back and hit the form he set before he picked up the respective injuries. So, really top quality player. I, I can't understand why he doesn't get the same credit as the Michael Owens, or Terry Henrys, Alan Shearers, who are lauded still at their clubs. And, and he also, he never won either version of the Player of the Year in England either, which I found very strange when I read it today. It is, because his goal, his goal scoring record speaks for itself, so I can't understand why he's not being put in that equation more than he is. But he's a terrific player. I know Manchester City are planning on building a statue for him. <laughs> Very well, it's good for them. They had the money to do it, so I don't think there's a player more deserving. He served, he served, he has served Manchester City like David Silva very, very well, and not just for a season or two, but for the best part of a decade. And there's not too many players in the top tiers of any country can say they've done that. So, just terrific no, signing. No question. Just on uh, four and a half minutes to go, but we have a text. Just I want you to say something. Will Roy Keane take the job at Celtic? Well, I was going to, I was going to come to that. Just on, on, on Aguero, and I was going to come up to the Keane thing. I think, you know, pound for pound, you know, he's been as good a striker as has played in the Premier League. Yeah. To say he's the best is... is, ah, is, yeah. is but he's definitely one of the best, and he's definitely pound for pound as good as any of them that have played. And um, he owes Manchester City nothing. And he'll get a good contract somewhere in Spain or maybe back in his own native Argentina. He, uh, the kids won't be living on Aldi beans anyway, put it that way. Um, this, uh, this Roy Keane for Celtic uh, story, Liam, is not going away, and it's starting to gather traction. And I didn't think he had any chance. And the more I read it, the more 
or he, he potentially he might have a chance. The other day, his main his main um, opposition for the job was Eddie Howe. I read today that Thierry Henry wants it. Now, I didn't think Keane would be ideal, but I tell you one thing for nothing, I take Keane before Thierry Henry. What did, I, I think Eddie Howe, I think, may be a more realistic bet at this stage, but this Keane for Celtic story is not going away. Well, no, no, I think I don't know if it'll happen or not. I just don't know. But I think Roy Keane going to Celtic would be the perfect opportunity for Keane and for Celtic because look, he knows the game very well. We can question his manner and how he deals with players, and it probably if he does get the job, it probably will end in a big bust up. But for <laughs> publicity and for you know Celtic being on this low ebb losing the title to their biggest rivals I think they need a big name I think they need a kind of an extravaganza around the club that someone like Keane would bring so like uh, would Eddie Howe get Celtic supporters thinking God we're going to take the title yeah, off that's a fair point yeah. I don't think so, and so listen, I'd sign him up and listen wouldn't it be box office gold oh, Keane yeah, against yeah, Gerrard yeah. wouldn't that be box wouldn't it yeah, see, that's what they want you know Liam is right uh, Eddie Howe wouldn't come near Ray Keane signing and uh, you know the fact that Nicky Butt has left Manchester United or is leaving Manchester yeah. United the turn about him going in there as number two so Mr Desmond who's the major shareholder in Celtic is determined I think to get the two of them Keane in yeah. particular well I think I think that, say from the razzmatazz and the box office point of view but I think I think Sky and BBC and BT are oh, praying yeah. for a Roy Keane because all of a sudden it won't be Celtic against Rangers it'll be Roy Keane against Stephen Gerrard if it goes ahead um Quickly, at the last minute before we go, Bird, you know, you think Keane could get that job, don't you? Oh, he, he could get it, but whether he wants it, I still, I'm still not convinced he wants to go there. He's having a right time with the sky lads. <laughs> he is, yeah. Um, quickly on the League of Ireland basis, lads, we only have thirty yeah. seconds. Forty seconds. Um, Shane Keegan, of course, massive local connections in 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 his earlier footballing days, and his uh, start as Dundalk manager has been poor, a, a draw and a home defeat to Finn Harps, and uh, he's a man under pressure already, Lee. Ah, he is, and we look. Dundalk are one of the biggest clubs in Ireland over the past number of years, and if you get results like that, you're going to feel the heat. So I think give him time. Like it's not unknown for big clubs across Europe to have a bit of a wobble come the start of the season. So he deserves time. But what about Finn Harps? I know it's very early on. Yeah. But what a story for them. Absolutely. And uh, Kevin Sheedy is getting a baptism of fire. If he thought coming over here to pick up a few handy quid and pick up a few handy points, uh, he's starting to realise that at all that it's not that easy either. No, that's for no. sure. Yeah. You know, and a, a great player for Ireland, Kevin Sheed, which is we could have done with him on the left oh, the other night. Oh, anyway, no. we won't go into that. Yeah. Liam, as always, it's been a pleasure. Sorry, sorry, sorry for disturbing your walk. Back on, <laughs> back on with the, back on with the, the with the buds now and start raising the tempo again. And we'll talk to I'm, you next. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night. I'm just about getting back into the village. I'm I'm in borough territory at the moment. So I feel <laughs> well, like just keep your head down. Keep your head down, Liam. You mightn't be safe. <laughs> we'll see you next Tuesday night. Bert, that's it for another Tuesday night. The hour yeah. has disappeared. Thanks to everybody who texts yeah, in. We, we still have a few that we didn't. We didn't get them, but we are. We really do appreciate you. Yeah. At least we know we're not talking to ourselves on a Tuesday night. That's yeah. very important. Yeah. No Kevin Lefar is up next as always, and we'll be back at the same time next Tuesday night. So from me, good night, and Bert. God bless.